What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video. A few days ago, I talked about some uh, must draft league winners at both the running back and wide receiver positions. In those videos, I was normally talking about players going in the earlier rounds. I think all three running backs I talked about were like second round targets, and then the wide receivers were a little bit more mid-round options. But today, I wanna talk about a few more league winners, but these are guys going more in the middle rounds, basically like round six, seven, eight in that area. These are players who may not have like the, you know, crazy upside of being top five at their position because, you know, very few players do have that upside when you're getting them round six, round seven, round eight. But I just think these are players who can drastically outperform their ADP and are currently values at their current draft price. So let's just jump right into the first player. And that guy's actually AJ Dillon. Dillon is someone who I've just become more and more interested in drafting. I think when you first look at him and his ADP, you're drafting him at like running back 24, you know, a fringe RB2, RB3 in that area in early sixth round. And it doesn't seem like a super sexy pick. You know, you're drafting a dude who's likely going to be the number two on his team. You may not think the ceiling is there. But the more I think about this situation, I think A.J. Dillon is a fantastic fantasy football pick. We've already seen Matt LaFleur come out and talk about uh, both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as a 1A, 1A situation obviously a play on like the 1A, 1B. Basically, he's saying both of these guys are studs. They're both very strong running backs, and we're going to get both of them involved. That is what he means by that. A.J. Dillon had a super strong 2021 season playing behind Aaron Jones, rushed for 803 yards, caught 34 passes for 313 yards. When we look at his overall workload last season, he averaged 11 carries per game and 2.2 targets. Those aren't some like crazy numbers. Like if I expected him to do that again this year, there's no shot I'm taking him in the early sixth round. The thing is with Devontae Adams leaving, that opens up the opportunities for both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Obviously, A.J. Dillon's ADP has risen from last offseason, but I feel like everyone is hyping up Aaron Jones, you know, potentially as they should be. You know, he's going to be getting this receiving work. They're going to put him in the slot. Everyone's all in on Aaron Jones. But if Aaron Jones is playing in the slot, guess who's slotting in at running back? It is A.J. Dillon. So obviously Aaron Jones is going to benefit from Devontae Adams leaving, you know, in terms of the receiving work. But A.J. Dillon's going to be on the field way more than he was last year. This is not a situation where, you know, it's going to be a 60-40 split. It still may be that split, but there are going to be situations where both of these players are on the field at the same time. That's obviously going to help both of these guys. So I'm expecting that uh, 2021 workload to definitely go up. Maybe we're looking 12, 13 carries, maybe three, three and a half targets per game. And that's basically the floor for A.J. Dillon. His elite, elite upside comes in with an Aaron Jones injury. We're obviously not hoping for injuries, but we know the running back position is a tough one to play. It's also a tough one to play for a full season. So A.J. Dillon is a guy where I think right now with his workload, he can slot in as like a slightly below average running back two. He can slot in as like a decent flex option in his current situation. So he will likely live up to ADP even if Aaron Jones is healthy. But if Aaron Jones gets injured, Dylan just springboards in value. I mean, like if Aaron Jones was announced out for the season right now, he's not on the team. AJ Dillon is a locked in second round pick. You likely won't be able to say that about many other handcuffs. The only guy that I can really think of would be Tony Pollard but maybe he's going third round. Like there are some strong handcuffs, right? Like Madison, players like this, but we don't have the confidence that they're going to step in, you know, for a full season and be the workhorse if the starter goes down. We feel pretty confident that A.J. Dillon can do that. 
So he may not be, you know, the sexiest pick, the one where you're like, oh, this guy's going to have a huge workload from day one. But I just think he's someone who's going to produce enough points to live up to his price, but also comes with that crazy upside if Aaron Jones does go down with injury. So Dylan is my first league winner. Then we've got Elijah Moore as the next one. And I feel like I haven't talked enough about Elijah Moore this offseason. He's someone who I've loved at price, you know, from the start of the offseason all the way till today. So he's being drafted at around wide receiver 35 in that like round seven, round eight range. I think in more competitive, sharper leagues, he's going to be going earlier than that. But I mean, in your like ESPN leagues, your Yahoo leagues, he's just going to be a screaming value everywhere in basically every draft. And what I think is crazy about this wide receiver 35 spot, Elijah Moore was the wide receiver 32 in points per game last year. He was the wide receiver 32 in his rookie season and is now going three spots lower than that. And I really want to jump into that rookie season because after I kind of went through these numbers, his wide receiver 32 finish last year, I even considered moving Elijah Moore up more than I already had him. And he's someone who I already viewed very, very highly. So Elijah Moore essentially did nothing the first five games of the season. I think he had one game with double-digit production, but through five games in the NFL, he was averaging five PPR points per game. So he was not rosterable. He was not someone you could plug into your lineup. Last six games of his season, he obviously got injured early, didn't play a full 17, but his last six games, you know, he played an 11-game season. Last six games, 18.9 PPR points per game. That was his average over his last six. And he wasn't even a full-time starter until those last two games. He was in like the 60, 70 percentile in terms of snap share. Last two games, 88% and 86%. So he was giving you locked in, I mean, wide receiver one production over that last stretch. And he wasn't even getting a full-time starter snap share. I think Elijah Moore has the opportunity to take a massive jump here in year two. And I would not be surprised if heading into the 2023 season, we're viewing Elijah Moore as a potentially top 12 wide receiver. I mean, look at a guy like Michael Pittman, right? Didn't do much his rookie year, was like a fringe, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three last year with a little bit of improvement on his offense. He's now being picked as a fringe wide receiver one. We're looking at Elijah Moore, who really did produce as a rookie. I think maybe the injury cutting his season short is maybe, you know, lowering his price right now. But I really think Elijah Moore can be a stud this year. I really don't think the quarterback situation matters. Obviously, it matters, but I just think Elijah Moore is so talented. He's going to produce no matter what situation he's in. He produced with that same quarterback in Zach Wilson last year. And if Zach Wilson somehow does take a jump, I think Elijah Moore is a screaming value. So I would honestly be comfortable taking Elijah Moore in the fifth or sixth round. So if you're getting him seven, eight or later, I think you're getting a massive steal. And now the third and final league winner, This is a guy who I have been hyping up for a while now at the quarterback position. You probably know who I'm going with here, but it is Trey Lance. He's being drafted as the QB 13, a round eight pick. Kind of like I talked about with Elijah Moore in sharper leagues, he's probably going to be going way ahead of QB 13, maybe QB 7, QB 8, QB 9, but I doubt he's, you know, being drafted as a QB 2 in super competitive leagues. I think actually this value may go down. You know, he may take a dip in ADP. Now that we see that Jimmy G is definitely returning the season, at least for now, straight up, I don't really care about this. Trey Lance is clearly the quarterback of the future. And if he performs so terribly that they have to bench him for Jimmy, even though he doesn't have to play great to put up decent fantasy production, if he's so abysmal that they do put Jimmy in, 
he's probably not going to be giving you much fantasy production anyway. So you would have had to, you know, pivot to a different guy in that situation anyway. So looking at Trey Lance, he played in two and a half games last year as the starter. He scored 54.1 fantasy points in those games, and he had 31 rush attempts in those two and a half games. This is a guy who gives you elite rushing upside. People are worried about him adjusting to the NFL, whatever. This is a point I made in a different video. If there is like one roster where you could take a quarterback, plug him into a system, and you know probably feel pretty confident in their success, I think it would be the 49er system. They're going to let Trey Lance use his legs. This offensive line is super solid, and they also just have these insane yak monsters. Debo Samuel, 777 yards after the catch. That was second most at the wide receiver position. Kittle had the second most yards after the catch at the tight end position. You also have Brandon Ayuk in there. I always point back to like the Lamar Jackson and the Jalen Hurts fantasy seasons. These are guys who are going as like, you know, fringe QB1s. They were late round targets. They have the rushing upside and they just totally break out. Now, I'm not expecting Trey Lance to go for Lamar's like 27 points per game. That would be shocking if that happened. But these are the types of players you want to be targeting, you know, in that fringe QB1 range because people still haven't caught on to the idea that you do not have to be a great NFL quarterback to translate and give monster fantasy production. Not saying that Lamar and Hurts aren't great. Obviously, Lamar is great. Hurts is still, you know, the jury's out on that one. But I still think Hurts is a great fantasy value this year. He's probably going to be undervalued once again. So I think Trey Lance is a guy who, at the end of the season, we're going to view him as a mid-tier QB1 option moving forward. And you're going to be able to draft him as a late-round option. You're going to be able to stock up on running backs, wide receivers, maybe get a stud tight end, and then draft a quarterback with a lead upside in round eight, round nine, round 10, wherever he is falling to. So those are three of like my mid-round league winners, I guess you could call them. So A.J. Dillon, Elijah Moore, and Trey Lance. Let me know what you guys think about those players down below in the comment section, and I'll see you guys in the next one.